This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Morgan's Pop Talks, breaking down the latest in reality TV and pop culture. Hope you've had a fantastic week. A little nervous today on a first date. A little nervous. Just kidding. I'm using a different microphone today, so if I'm like blaring your eardrums out, I apologize in advance. Um, but yeah, life is... Can I be honest? Yeah, I, I can be. This is my show. Uh, life has been weird lately and i don't know like if someone can explain to me if if one of the planets out there is in retrograde i don't really know what any of that means but anytime weird stuff is going on something's in retrograde right i don't know i think um i kind of like sad i'm not gonna lie to you i think i'm really struggling with um david being gone you know my fiance david is back in london and this is nothing new for us you know we're, we've been long distance for five and a half years. I think, you know, a couple different things. One, we were able to spend a lot of time together, uh, you know, recently at the beginning of the year with going to South Africa and uh, him coming back here for a little bit. Obviously, you know, legally, he can only stay for a certain amount of days. Um, but it's just, it's been a really like brutal adjustment this time around. I think, when I get home, no one's here. I'm alone all day. I like, you know, get off work at 10 a.m. So I I physically like don't see another human being for the rest of the day. And part of it is my fault. Well, first of all, I have a weird schedule. Like I work when everybody else is usually asleep or driving to work. And so it's like when I have off time, everybody else is working and I'm lazy and I don't want to leave my apartment, you know, and then I'm going to sleep by eight o'clock. So I don't know. Like, honestly, I'm getting PTSD of COVID. Like when I was alone during COVID, which I feel like I suppressed COVID from my memory because I don't remember any of it. I really don't. I was alone in my apartment for eight months and like, I don't know what I did. I legitimately don't know what I did with my time. I didn't work out. I didn't I started a podcast, I think, like in September of that year. So I don't know. Maybe it's just bringing up old memories. That and the fact that I'm really, really, really over waiting for our visa. It is crazy to me that we are still in step one of the K-1 visa process. And we're coming up on a year that I filed. May 25th of 2022 is when we got our receipt that we filed. And we're still on step one. And I know it's going to happen. I know it is. I'm in all these visa support groups on Facebook. And I'm seeing that like, you know, people that filed in late March, early April, mid-April are starting to get approved. So of course, it's like steps in the right direction. But I've just been like, like, okay, even when we get our first round approved, there's still like three more months worth of stuff that he has to do. It's insane. 
you guys. And I know it's bad when I like don't want to like t- make pop culture videos. I don't want to watch like the TV shows that I love. And that's how I've been feeling. Truly. So send me your T's and P's. I- and I mean, I did check like my period tracker and it's coming. So like if you talk to me next week, I'll be chipper as a bird, you know, running around the streets repping my something about her merch but this week your girl's feeling a little down and out but we've all been there right and that's why i love you because i feel like we have a strong sense of community and this was like my dr phil moment i guess we'll get into the pop culture now (laughs) that you're here for sorry just want like a 10 minute wrap i don't talk to people during the day so this is the only opportunity i had to get it off my chest okay we have lots to discuss today lots of breakups to discuss today lots of meltdowns to discuss today and then at the end we're going to talk about summer house martha's vineyard which i really enjoy so we'll save the best for last but our pop three the three biggest headlines this week let's start with bachelor nation news brandon and serene have called off their engagement i just wanted to my own horn for a second because if you are subscribed to the pop up batch patreon page Three dollars a month, by the way, for four extra episodes. You knew on Friday that Brandon and Serene were on the rocks. And what I say, I said, where there is smoke is fire. Come Tuesday, they announce that they have called off their engagement. So, I mean, if that's not a reason for you enough to subscribe to my Patreon, if you're a bachelor lover, do it. Maybe it'll get me out of this slump that I'm in that hopefully I'll snap out of last week. Anyways, so essentially... Fans noticed that their social media activity was quiet, Brandon and Serene. When it came to each other, they weren't posting each other. They weren't liking pictures of each other. So, of course, I went like full stalker mode and I saw that both of them, their last interaction with each other happened around the same day. I believe for Brandon, it was like he liked a photo on April 13th. Serene liked a photo on April 15th. And after that, it was done so which to me is just a huge red flag i mean i know what you're thinking like it's social media whatever but the fact that they both kind of started to go silent within two days of each other that says to me something happened around that time maybe the conversation started happening around that time and when you consider people in bachelor nation especially couples when they get engaged on the show or even when they're dating And it kind of sucks, but they no longer have an individual identity. I think the only two people that really have been, well, I shouldn't say the only two people because you do have like a Caitlin Bristow and a Jason Tardick who have, you know, their own career paths. I feel like um, Brian and Rachel also. But when you think Brandon, you think Serene. When you think Serene, you think Brandon. So it's like, Especially when you look at it from an influencer perspective, if you want people to be digesting your content all the time and you're on Bachelor in Paradise and you got engaged on the show, like you know that your audience wants to see the two of you together. So the fact that they weren't posting anything together also was a really big red flag for me. So not long after, three weeks later, we get our joint statement. It's been a while since I had to read a joint statement. I want to say thank you to Brandon and Serene for not making it a black and white Instagram post, you know, like the 
black background with the white text. It was lovely pictures and photos of them with a very nice caption that said, after many months, today we have ultimately decided to end our engagement. We have tried to work privately on our relationship, which has been incredibly challenging in the public eye. This has been immensely hard to accept and painful as there is a lot of love between the two of us. We are deeply hurting and can only ask that there be no hate. The best path for us at this time is to try to move forward and heal from this as individuals. Okay, so am I surprised? Honestly, no, I'm not. I'm more surprised in this Bachelor era if the couple does stay together. I watch every engagement in the back of my mind thinking they'll be done in three to six months. You know what I mean? And I think that this is why the Bachelor franchise is starting to get left behind. You have these competing shows, Love is Blind, for example, that actually have people get married on the show, that actually have these long withstanding relationships. Obviously, we just now have started to kind of see, maybe not just now, but our first round of Love is Blind divorces. But I mean, think about how many married couples we have seen come out of that show, and there's only been four seasons. So I don't know. Some people are saying that Brandon is a love bomber. I don't think that that's the appropriate term because I don't think Brandon does it with the intent of being manipulative, which if you like look it up, Merriam-Webster, love bomber, it's like they do these things to manipulate you. I think Brandon is a hopeless romantic. And sometimes that can play tricks on people. Honestly, I I don't want to be rude because I did love Brandon and Serena as a couple. I thought they were very cute together. But I had my doubts from the get-go because what, I mean, really, what are the chances that you fall head over heels in love with a woman, the woman of your dreams, twice in the span of six months, both times on TV? You know, I just, I just, I don't know. I don't know if he, if he like just loves love and just dives right in. I mean, it might be harsh, but that's just the way I feel. So today's podcast sponsor is One Skin. And if you have sensitive skin, listen up. We got to talk about their scientifically proven topical supplements. Free from over 1,500 chemicals and preservatives that can make skin red and itchy and irritated, all the stuff we hate, their products are safe for sensitive skin. It's just one of the reasons they've earned the Skin Safe seal of approval. One Skin's products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Not only that, they're the first and only skin longevity company to target cellular senescence, a key hallmark of aging. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, one skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Say no more. Get started today with 15% off using code POPTALKS at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code POPTALKS. After your purchase, they're going to ask where you heard about them. Please support the show. Support your girl. Tell them I sent you because we give credit where credit is due here at MPT. And peace to them as well. Um, I I do believe that they're split, that they're sad about it. I I wouldn't think that they would have like a tumultuous split. They just don't seem like those kind of people. But obviously, we don't know. Okay, let's move on to number two. And this could have been like a mini deep dive in itself. Danielle combusts. 
on this week's episode of Summer House. What a horrific episode. <laughs> oh, I'm just going to start from the beginning and kind of nitpick like things that I thought were the biggest like cringy moments. So obviously we get like the first six minutes. Kyle gathers the crew around for a toast and breaks the news that at this time, Carl is probably down on one knee proposing to Lindsay. Everyone else in the room is shocked except Andrea, who's like, eh, like with this shot. Andrea's the only one that's like, hey, you know, and he's coming on MPT soon. So mark your calendars, I think at the end of this month. Um, But Danielle gets very upset saying that, you know, she wasn't included at all. I think, okay, because when you just look at the way Danielle reacted, it was cuckoo for Cocoa Pops, in my opinion. But I think when you like really break it down piece by piece, it it really was mounting and then it obviously exploded because I think her first initial like shock was the fact that Kyle was the one to break the news and not her. You know, I think that's the first little hint of jealousy because Kyle has also been fighting with Carl and Amanda all summer. So Danielle, as part of the Trace Amigos, the three best friends, Shouldn't she be the one that's like, you guys, my two best friends are getting engaged in her brain. This is what I'm saying in her perspective. The bathroom scene where she needs a brown paper bag to breathe into, I think is just a little bit ridiculous. But then we go to the party and she goes around to multiple people asking when they knew and she gets upset about this. I think she's missing, though, the nuance of the situation because I think you have that incidence with Kyle and then you go around the party and find out that everybody knew. At this point, Danielle is thinking, I'm the last person to know. And that's the issue. I think if it was Kyle, maybe after she had that big cry, she could have let it go. But the fact that all of these other people, and and it now seems like I'm the only one that didn't know that this was happening. And I believe that's why Danielle thinks that it was intentionally done. I don't think that it was intentionally done um because uh, i mean i don't know let's just let's just go down this path for a second let's say it was intentional the argument that a lot of people have been making can you blame him you screamed into a pillow when he said that he was looking for engagement rings what would have been the reaction if he had said oh yeah i already bought it would she have hurled herself out of the summer house into the pool like like we truly don't know so not only that then you have that conversation with Maya where Maya says I think they're going to get engaged next weekend not knowing that they were going to get engaged that day and what was Danielle's reaction she storms off and says well I won't come so I think it's safe it would have been safe for Carl to assume um she's not going to have a great reaction to this I think I'll save her the feelings you know However, I don't think that it was intentional for Carl because Danielle is actively ignoring the fact that he had to tell these people to get them to Dockers. He had to tell Lindsay's dad and stepmom. He had to tell all the friends from out of town. He had to tell the friends from New York City. He did not have to tell the cast of Summer House because they film a TV show together. They're going to be doing things together. If Danielle wasn't on Summer House, 
and needed to be at Dockers at 7.15, she would have got the text. You know what I mean? Like, let's not forget that they're filming a show together and Carl knows that. Um, Dana, I think is her name. Dan- or not Danielle's friend. Lindsay's friend, Dana, MVP of the episode. She's like, girl, you got to cool it. Even Paige and Maya are like, this is too much. And that's the thing. It was just too much. I can understand just putting myself in Danielle's shoes if she is in her mind spiraling, thinking, I'm the only one that didn't know, you know, despite the context behind it, why she would be upset. I get that. I get why she would be upset. You got to you gotta check yourself before you wreck yourself on national television. Girl. I feel like, you know, Lindsay and Carl, who have been main cast members for seven years, I think it is sad that they will never be able to watch their engagement episode without this huge dark cloud over it. I think that's sad. Honestly, even Kyle, who we saw had issues with them at the beginning of the season. He like, he like checks his emotions at the door and he goes up to Carl and he's like, I'm so happy for you, dude. Like, like that's what you have to do as a friend in that moment. I don't enjoy seeing the downfall of Danielle because I like Danielle in past seasons, I feel like she's getting the Hannah Burner treatment where, you know, a lot of her actions, she has to, you know, have some self-awareness that she made those decisions. Is the edit helping? Probably not. Probably not. Um, But I feel like we've seen this before with, where the audience just so quickly turns on somebody that they liked in past seasons and what happens, they don't get asked back. So I don't know. The conversation with Robert made me furious to my bones. Like, that is the part that made me the most upset about this whole episode. Like, I mean, I made this joke on my Instagram, but like, Robert, she doesn't even go here. Where have you been all summer? The audacity that you had to come up to Carl and say, you are just two people who got engaged that we once knew. What are you? Somebody that I used to know? Go- Goatee? Go- Goatee? Remember that? Somebody that I used to know. Okay. And Carl says, I didn't tell any of the girls in the house because they filmed a show together. And Carl knew. Ugh. I've been down that road. Okay. The fact that Robert says, I don't want to put a cloud over the engagement. But now... You were just somebody that I used to know. You done put the cloud over it, Robert. The cloud's been there all summer. And now the lightning is coming. And that's meant, like Robert hasn't even been around to witness anything. I understand that he's trying to stick up for his girlfriend, Danielle. But it's like, also, what kind of resolution did Robert think he was going to get with that conversation? Like, none whatsoever i'm also wondering you know carl gets off and and says no cameras no cameras i'm wondering if carl thinks that production put robert up to that conversation on camera and maybe that's why he's like i am sick of this so let's do predictions about the reunion that's coming up based on what sam said last week and some other things i really wouldn't be surprised if danielle and Lindsay came to some kind of understanding 
at the reunion. I say understanding because even if they're like, okay, let's make up. I'm sorry. Like the friendship will never be the same. You think Danielle's going to be a bridesmaid in that wedding? It's not happening. Also, just my opinion from studying reality TV when it comes to, you know, Lindsay and Danielle potentially making up at the Summer House reunion. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do to secure yourself. Another season. Fans have been so vocal about how negative this season of Summer House has been. So if I'm putting myself in Danielle or Lindsay's shoes and you don't make up at the reunion, production might look at that and say, well, we don't want a repeat of last season, so what do we do now? You know, and neither one of them want to get the axe. I mean, look at Teresa and Melissa. You're hearing all over the place that one of them or both of them might not be back to New Jersey next season because their particular conflict is um, soul-sucking. But do I think that Danielle and Lindsay could potentially play nice for the sake of keeping their jobs? I mean, I don't see. Why not? That's just my opinion. Okay, long-winded today, Morg. Third and final headline, Scandal updates. I'll go through this quickly. Here's just, you know, your kind of blanket statement. Uh, the show was re-edited. Tom Sandoval is selling two-for-one tickets, and we got to talk about Billy Lee. Tom Sandoval is on tour with his most extras. He can't sell tickets to a show, so instead he's singing, Schwartzy, can you see that Raquel is hot for me or not? I don't care, honestly. I don't care if he's saying hot. I don't care if he's saying not. He wants in on the bag, okay? He's looking around saying everybody else is making money off this scandal ball except me, and I got extras to pay. So how am I going to get people to my shows? He wants to go viral. I mean, last week at his shows in New York, he ended up doing a two-for-one special on tickets because nobody was buying the tickets to the scandal in the most extras concert. So he's going to talk about Raquel. He's going to talk about shorts. He's playing the game. Um, he also revealed that he is one month sober. I, Morgan PW, will never knock a sobriety journey. So congratulations, Thomas Sandoval, on being one month sober. I hope it helps you. I truly do. Last week, Peter was on Sheena's podcast, and they reopened the can of worms that Jax Taylor opened once upon a time that, at one point, Sandoval and Billy Lee had booked up. Sheena says she believes it. Peter says he believes it. I kind of believe it. At this point, based on what we've seen, Lala's podcast this week was really good. Uh, she revealed that the episodes were re-edited. The last half of the season, you know, were re-edited to flow with the finale. So when you see Raquel shopping for a lightning bolt necklace, like, know that that was eventually put into the episode because of what we have now learned. Lala also had this conspiracy theory about the Ken and Lisa moment where Ken walks in and goes, oh, I can't believe Tom Sandoval had Raquel over in the jacuzzi while Ariana was away. And then just walks out. <laughs> Lala, okay, this is some tea from Lala. And this is just her theory. But she said on her podcast that Lisa Vanderpump doesn't want to get involved in the drama. She doesn't want to be involved in the mess. She wants her hands to be clean were the words that were used. So she called, told Ken to do it. And that triggered a memory in me from the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. 
when they were all sitting around that dinner table trying to figure out who put the tabloids about Kyle and Mauricio's affair in Brandy's suitcase. They said it was Lisa Vanderpump. Lisa Vanderpump wanted me to put those tabloids in the suitcase. Because Brandy was cool with being bad guy. Lisa was not. One of those hands clean. I don't know. We're spiraling all over the place with that conspiracy theory. It also opens my brain up to other conspiracy theories about Puppygate. But we we cannot. I put Puppygate to bed. However many years ago was it? Four years ago? I will never, never talk about Lucy Lucy Apple Juicy ever again. Okay. Wow. I talked for a long time and now it's time for the deep dive. Truly a shocking one this week. Every week on the Instagram page, Pat Morgan P Talks, I open up the deep dive submissions to you. What do you want to know more about? This week, our question comes from Teresa. Hey, Morgan, it's Teresa from Lima, Maine. My deep dive question for you is about Kim and Croy's divorce. I just really am kind of in shock about it. And I just want to know what you know is the latest and were you just as shocked or did you see it coming? Love the podcast. Love you like a sis. Teresa, love you like a sis. The divorce that and I'm going to say it. No one saw it coming. Maybe, maybe some people saw it coming. We'll get to that. But Former Real Housewives of Atlanta star Kim Zolziak Bierman and Croy Bierman split after 11 years together. So when this came out on TMZ earlier this week, the only side out there was Kim's side of the legal documentation, right? So we have since learned that Croy also filed for divorce. We'll get to that in a second, but like, let's just work the, let's lay the groundwork of the way this all played out. So the first story was TMZ got court documents um, that were filed by Kim seeking primary physical custody of their four children, joint legal custody, spousal support, and the restoration of her maiden name. Uh, obviously, we know the couple share four children, and Croy also legally adopted Kim's two older daughters, uh, Brielle and Ariana, uh, recently. There have been lots of stories about the couple's alleged financial distress i mean including they had foreclosure on their georgia mansion they've always denied 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 nothing's wrong we're fine nothing's wrong we got our mansion i'm not leaving until i want to leave you know um but despite those denials more legal documents obtained by tmz showed that they owed 1.1 million dollars to the irs for unpaid taxes as well as the interest and penalties they owe for not paying those taxes so the couple allegedly being penalized for not paying at least some taxes in 2013, 2017, and 2018. So that's what we found out earlier this week when the news first drops. Here's the new stuff. Today's sponsor is Factor Meals. Finally starting to get warmer. You want to spend your time outside and not in the kitchen. With Factor's no prep, no mess meals. Visit factormeals.com slash poptalks50 and use code poptalks50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Factors fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you will always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. You can treat yourself to restaurant quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to factormeals.com slash poptalks50 and use code poptalks50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. 
That's code POPTALKS50 at factormeals.com slash POPTALKS50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. So according to the Bravo docket, it's a great Instagram account who I trust with my life. Two lawyers run it. Um, Kim and Croy both filed separate petitions for divorce on May 8th. Croy filed at 1.15 p.m. and Kim filed at 3.44 p.m. Uh, Kim and Croy, though, disagree on when they separated. According to Croy, it was May 8th. According to Kim, it was April 30th. Kim and Croy both pled no fault grounds for divorce. So in Georgia, a judge can grant a no fault divorce based on the marriage being irretrievably broken, which means it's impossible to fix, but no fault is placed on either party. It must be proven in court, includes adultery, desertion for at least a year, conviction of certain crimes, etc. Georgia, according to the Bravo docket, does not have legal separation, which means they will be married by law until the divorce is finalized. And in Georgia, dating while divorce proceedings are still underway could potentially be considered adultery. So if this goes like to a trial, because Georgia is one of the few states in the U.S. that allows you to have a divorce by jury trial, like the jury can decide the division of property, the child support, the alimony. So it's just a, it's, it's interesting because you think to yourself, like if they're going to have to go to court over this to figure out you know, all the things and maybe Kim is seen dating somebody else that could really hinder what she walks away with um, from this divorce. So anywho, uh, Croy is fighting Kim for sole legal and physical custody of his biological kids. They had four together, um, KJ, which is Croy Jr., Cash, and then the twins, Kane and Kaya. And then Brielle and Ariana are not named uh, in Croy's filing. They were adopted, but they're also both adults. Ariana's 21, Brielle's 26. So, you know, that is what it is. So that's like the legal aspect of it. So what do I think? I think this is going to be rough. I think the fact that she wants her maiden name restored is a big sign of what is to come. She's like, I want no attachments to this man whatsoever. And a lot of women keep you know, the last name when they're going through a divorce because of their children, they have four of them, you know, and also at least in the public eye, if your name is that identifiable, I mean, obviously the big one, like Kris Jenner, when she got divorced, she didn't change her name back to her maiden name because people know her as Kris Jenner. Now, Kim was known before marrying Croy, so I don't think that's as big of a deal this time around. But still, Kim wants her maiden name. The gloves are coming off, and she no longer wants to be a beerman. Was I shocked by this, to answer your question, Teresa? I was shocked by this. I mean, it's incredibly rare that you follow a love story on TV from beginning. I mean, we're not seeing the end, but I mean, we saw Kim and Corey meet for the very first time on the Real Housewives of Atlanta. The stars aligned and it seemed like it was meant to be. I I do think that the money issues probably play a bigger factor than they want people to believe, you know, not only with this tax story, but you know, like I had mentioned earlier, their Georgia mansion um, went into foreclosure and was put up for an auction in February after they defaulted 
on a $1.6 million loan that they had taken out in 2016. The auction ended up being called off um, because they were able to work out a deal. But, you know, people are assuming that something was going on behind closed doors with that financial situation. Was it Croy's fault? I don't know. I I don't know. Is it giving Tom Yorty? I don't want to say that because it's not like we, they're not like scamming orphans and widows. It's not that level. But just the similarities of like, you know, the one person is in charge of the finances. The other person doesn't really know what's going on. And then, you know, you're down the rabbit hole with them because you're married. Like I said, I don't know if that's 100% the truth, but I feel like from everything that's out there, you can kind of put two and two together. But Brielle already unfollowed Croy, which means we're on the front lines of the battlefield. If a 26-year-old unfollows you on Instagram, it's war. It is war, and we are taking no prisoners. Something must have happened. Something must have happened bad. Okay, so do I think... That she, Kim, will come back to TV. I don't know if Kim will come back to The Real Housewives of Atlanta. I could see her getting like a one-off on Peacock. The Bravo here is invested in them. I mean, not only Kim being on Real Housewives of Atlanta, them meeting, them having their wedding, but, you know, they have their spinoffs. Don't be tardy. Don't be tardy. Don't be tardy for the party. Need Andy and a camera team. Stat. I mean, I think Peacock would just be, I don't want to say insane to not be knocking on Kim's door right about now. They know that people that have been watching Bravo forever were invested in Kim and Croy. So I would be really surprised if there was like no conversations held about doing something with Kim on Bravo or Peacock. But time will tell. I real I really don't think that they would put it back on Bravo like right away, but they want people to download that streaming service. So that would be my guess. I don't know. Woo, rough times ahead. Okay, let's move on to final thoughts. We are going to review the new Summer House spinoff, Martha's Vineyard. Let me tell you, pleasantly surprised. For me, it takes a lot for me to get into a new show because there's so many distractions in the world. I mean, really, is there not? I watch The Real Housewives of New Jersey. I'm scrolling on my phone. I'm, you know, typing on my computer. I'm checking my emails to see if my Lulu's dress is coming in the mail. You know, like your brain is being pulled in 18 different directions. To So to sit down on a series premiere and be like, oh, that says something. My first reaction is that it's a big cast. It is a big cast. 11 people. I think that's tough for a series premiere because it's a lot to take in. It's a lot of new. It's kind of overwhelming to a, a viewer that said, yes, it is a big cast, but they all have great energy. I love their energy. Everybody in that house wants to be there. Unlike the other summer house that takes place in the Hamptons that we're watching on Bravo right now with the bed sore girls. Nobody wants to be in that house. These people actually want to be there in Martha's Vineyard. And I like they have a lot of different people in different walks of life when it comes to relationships. One married couple, freshly married at that. Some people in some people in serious committed relationships, 
where it's like one member of the couple is in the house, one member is not. And then you have some single people. So I think it's a really, really good balance. One thing I love about Summer House Martha's Vineyard that they're doing, a truth booth. It's great. I mean, they did this with Ultimate Girls Trip. Think like Jersey Shore when they have the in-house confessionals. Um, That's what the truth booth is. I love that. It keeps the show fresh. It keeps it in real time. It's not like they're in a you know production studio with a green screen behind them. They are in the house. They're in that moment. They're giving you the tea. And I love that. They also, sh- I don't know why this makes any difference to me, but it's in my notes. They show you like what day it is at the bottom of the screen. It's like day two out of 15. I don't know like why little things like that make me excited. It just, it does feel like it sets the show apart. It's new. It's fresh. There's lots of little side plots going on with the different characters. Like, you know, one character, Bria, brought a dog unannounced is really ruffling jasmine's feather but it's an emotional support dog so the dog's got to be there the dog's cute as can be but jasmine has a big problem with it there's hair all over they don't really know each other that well it's just awkward i know it's petty but it's so good it's like the light-hearted drama that you like unlike you know what we're seeing on the other summer house right now there's a love triangle jordan is the hot commodity and she is she is hot and both Alex and Amir are really into her everybody seems like a little bit annoyed with Jasmine at this point I'm excited for this show I feel like it does kind of give a breath of fresh air to the summer house name Um, I think it's long overdue I love the setting I love Martha's Vineyard I think there's a lot of history there that even in the first episode I learned Um, So my review, watch it. Definitely a great first episode. And I have really high hopes for the season, especially with it being a new show. I was very impressed. So there you have it. Okay, you guys, I feel better. MPT is like my weekly therapy session. So I started being like, I just want to go back to sleep. And now I'm feeling good. Subscribe to my Patreon, please. That would make me feel a lot better. Um, Pop a batch every Friday. It's only $3 a month. Um, and then extra pop. If you sign up for extra pop, I had some questions about this. You get you get pop a batch included. So you get your extra pop on Monday and you get your pop a batch on Friday for $5. So it's definitely the better value if you're not only interested in Bachelor content. If you love Bravo and all things reality TV, extra pop is the way to go. We'll see you next week. Ooh, Greg Grippo joining the podcast next week. So keep an eye out because I'm going to take follower questions from you um, to ask Greg when he is on and leave a review. Don't forget, it's very important for the show, for ratings, and for my ego. Love you like a sis. A Huda Media Production.